Welcome to the debut episode of the B Church Podcast. Hi there. My name is Alex Marriott, and I run a growing community of microchurches that we call the B Church Network. I'm here with two of my colleagues. Uh, Sarah, could you please introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Sarah, and I am married to Alex, and I work with youth. And uh, Mark, could you please introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, I, my name is Mark Gordon, and I have been a, in leadership in church leadership for 30 years and um, in various forms, a lot of out of the box type ministries. But most recently in the last 17, I've been a lead pastor at a church in Kelowna, British Columbia, and I'm actually just transitioning into uh, coaching and speaking and uh, have just recently released a book. So the B Church Network is an incubator for multiple experimental expressions of church community. Our goal is to build a network of self-sustaining and reproducing intentional disciple-making communities. We believe it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people in all kinds of places. And in the Okanagan, only about 15% of people go to church at least once once a month. So that means about 85% of people aren't connected to a a regular church community. Uh, If the 15% of people being served well by the current churches, uh, what do we need to do to find new ways of building communities that the other 85% of people would actually be interested in showing up for? So, Mark, you're a pastor of a so, sort of normal form of church. What it, what uh, motivates you to invest your time in something like the B Church Network and and trying to play with these new forms of church? Well, for me, I came came kind of came out of new forms, uh, experimental type forms of church way back. I I actually came into leading a more traditional church uh, from there, believing. Uh, one thing that I felt God tell me is to upset the apple cart without bruising the apples. <laughs> and that proved to be much more difficult than I thought it would be. It also was a lot longer than I thought it would be. But in my journey, I discovered that uh, this idea of church and parachurch language, in other words, I wanted a language that, 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 that to understand that we're all the church but we function and operate in different giftings and uh, different places. And so um, I really have always appreciated, um, you know, the organizations that maybe would be called parachurches, but they were doing the work of the kingdom. And so if you look at the church, instead of church, you look at kingdom, then you look at the activities. And, and from those, you know, then I wanted to create a way that we could work together and serve together in advancing God's kingdom. Sarah, what makes you uh, associated with this thing other than being my wife? <laughs> um, well, I I was very um, opposed to the concept of God. I used to call him your imaginary friend when we were teenagers and we met. Um, and experiencing Christ rescued me. And, and I'm not just talking about... Um, 
pie in the sky when you die. I'm talking about life right now has gotten better and bigger and more adventurous. And I am more resilient because of my relationship with God. And I want that for other people. So um, we have worked in various ministries. I have run a homeless shelter. I have been a Sunday school teacher. I am a pastor. Um, and all of those things uh, combined have given me an experience that um, there's so much we could learn and so many ways we could innovate um, so that we could be more welcoming and create more belonging for people. Yeah, it seems that over uh, the last 15 years or so, there's been a lot of books coming out talking about the decline of evangelical church and how our churches are starting to shrink for the first time uh, in a long time. And uh, and it seems now that in in COVID times that this number is, is going to be uh, escalating dramatically. That um, it seems that after we get our uh, our vaccines and all that kind of stuff under control and, and they're going to let us open up the doors of church again, that we might find a lot of people who had been a part of church, uh, that 15% for people in the Okanagan, as I said before, uh, are going to get used to sleeping in and find that they just frankly don't want to go back to regular church on Sundays. Uh, what do you guys think about that that idea? Well, well I, first of all, I, th- I, I think that the it's true and I think it's good. <laughs> And the reason I say that is because I think we have the wrong concept of what church is. Uh, church isn't just a gathering on a Sunday for an hour, an hour and a half, and uh, you know, um, singing some songs, and that's the end of, uh, of the extent of it. That's part of our problem, I think. I think people are weary of the show or of the, you know, of of that kind of thing. Um, you know church is christ and his people together and living out his mission Mm -hmm. and and so for me uh i don't i i don't think covid or any other time um has me not want to live out my mission and so i think if people reframe what they think church is or what they believe church is if they can reframe how church functions, then I think we're actually going to see an explosion of people coming to Christ and living out, um, living out his life, his life through them. Uh, I think people are desperate for genuine, authentic connection. And like uh, Sarah said, not an imaginary friend, but they want to actually have true, authentic connection and with God. And I think a community that has that authentic connection with God and each other is going to be attractional to those people. They're going to want to be part of that community. I don't think it has anything to do with the forms. I think it has to do with the heart. Mm-hmm. There's a book called Creator Chaos by Dorothy Sayer. Uh, she wrote it years and years ago. Um, she was in Britain and uh, and there was a war going on, and she talked about how neighbors came alongside each other, and uh, and all the things that humanity was learning about caring for one another, one another and having each other's backs. and And I read it just before the pandemic, and I remember thinking, "Oh, Dorothy, you would be so disappointed in the way that we've lost some of these things." And then the pandemic hit, and and part of me was kind of excited to see. Would we relearn those things? Would we learn how to care for our neighbors? Would we learn to see the good in the simple? Um, Would we learn to want stuff less? And 
there's moments where I think we have, there's moments when I've seen, you know, neighbors caring for one another and bringing groceries when they're sick and those sorts of things. But, but I'm really actually sad that the church hasn't led that at all. Um, I think our most public voices uh, have actually been the antithesis of that. And, um, and so I am curious to see what happens when this pandemic is over, but I definitely think it's not going to be, you know, one man speaking from a platform that's going to inspire people. I think it's going to be the, the healing of the wounds we've experienced over the last year and a half um, and the willingness of people to reach out to one another and meet basic human needs. So I, I don't know what I think about how, um, how things are going to happen when this is all over, whether people will be so excited to gather together that they'll come or, or whether they'll sleep in on a Sunday morning. I, I don't, I'm not a um, psychologist. Like I don't know how people react to things, but I, I am curious to see what will happen. And I do think the church is going to need to make a shift uh, about how we love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been lots of names given to COVID, you know, the great reset or the whatever, but I, I think it's been a peeling back. I think it, it's been a an uncovering. The veneer has been pulled back a little bit and we're seeing what maybe has been going on inside uh, people's hearts for a long time. And I just, I feel like th that it's an opportunity to really invite Jesus into those places and re-examine our motivations. I, need, I know even for myself, you know, uh, you know, I have not, you know, I mean, during COVID, I'm not any longer on staff at the church. Um, I've made a shift in my work and my ministry, and uh, it's provided opportunities for me to speak to people I probably would not have met otherwise or been able to influence otherwise. And so, I'm, I'm looking at the benefits of, of this, that I, it's something, the evangelist awoken in me again, the, that, that, the, you know, back to the future kind of thought, you know, back to the early years of our ministry where I just, I, I just want to impact people's lives. I'm, I'm not too interested in, in other things anymore. And so I've stepped off boards. I've, you know, been m making all kinds of edits in my life to make room so that I can have the greatest impact. Uh, and be used by God in in tangible ways. So I think that what what this has done is revealed our motivations that were maybe already there, or at least revealed complacency or revealed that we're stuck in a certain path. You know, Sarah mentioned like it's not going to be one person speaking from the front. Well, it, it there might still be an element of that. We still need teaching and training, but I think that we've put so much stake in that that we've lost all the other pieces. I think we need, sometimes the pendulum swings way far the other way and then ends in the middle somewhere. I think, I think we need all, I, I'm a D all the above kind of person. We, we need community. We need connection. We need to be meaningfully on mission and loving our neighbors in tangible ways. Um, and, but we also need to gather and celebrate and worship together. There's something that happens in a corporate worship setting that just doesn't happen in other settings. But there's things that happen in other settings that don't happen in the corporate. So we need all the expressions. I really believe that. And so this pendulum swing might, might jar us out of our complacency long enough to get us back to the future, back to the 
basics back to the heart of Christ and the mission of Christ. That's my thought. Now, lastly, what do you expect to get out of this podcast? What are your hopes that we can do uh, with this, this format here? Well, well, my my thought in in doing this with you, Alex, and even the B Church Network, and doing a podcast is to start the dialogue. To, I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe have grown up in church that don't know there you can have other expressions, and it's actually church. <laughs> like maybe they don't they, they're stuck in the old ways, or they're stuck in a certain way. And I just really love the idea of of having a dialogue about innovation, about, about other ways that we can impact the world with the good news of, of the gospel. And so that, that's really important to me. The other thing is from my point of view is that um, I want people out there to know that there is a group of people who are willing to journey with them and to experiment. Mm -hmm. I, I think we have to give permission for experiments there. There, you know, if, if something doesn't work out, it's not failure it would be failure not to even try. And so I, I really would like to provide an opportunity. How do we, how do we get those existing, what we'll call a frame church network, you know, a frame churches, uh, traditional churches, how do we, how do, how can they help the B church, the, the alternative style of church, you know, uh, the, the different expressions of church that could be in the community on mission together. And, so I think it it's behooves us to facilitate that. We have infrastructure. We have already things in place uh, that they could utilize and use. Mm -hmm. And why not? Why can't they use it? Let's let's be generous. So I guess for my motivation, I'm hoping we can find some leaders who will tune into this and be challenged to use the resources they have to inspire and to facilitate uh, other forms and and you know inspire in in uh in in the mission of god allowing you know find those people who are who are so dalek that want to just go out there and reach the lost and support them i think um i think for me i see a lot of i see a lot of people already being creative and innovative and just being invalidated in that and i think what would be amazing would be to validate some of the things that God is already doing. And so um, it would be awesome if there's also people who get inspired to try new things. Um, but I think my heart is really to say to those who are already out there saying, I just love Jesus and I want other people to have this opportunity and they're just going for it. Um, and maybe they haven't had the the support or the relationship or someone just to come alongside them and and grieve with them when stuff is hard um, it can be very lonely uh, to live that way and so I think for me what I hope to accomplish is that maybe somebody might hear this um, who's already out there on the fringes and trying to reach the furthest person out um, but just to hear us say you count it matters it's valid what you're doing yeah yeah, I agree, Sarah. That's awesome. Providing that kind of support is exactly what the Bee Church Network is for. We provide coaching and training, financial assistance, and community. So if you are on the front lines providing ministry and need some help, or maybe you have a dream of what church community could be but lack the resources to get started, we would love to help you fulfill your call. 
You can contact us through our website at bchurchnetwork.com or you can email us at thebchurch at gmail.com. Next episode, we'll be having a really fun and insightful conversation with Mark Hughes, pastor of Church of the Rock in Winnipeg. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.